into the unnamed MMA podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Across from me, as always, Jordan Sherwood. Get all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. Follow him on Twitter, Woodon ESPN 1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah if you're so inclined. We got a lot to get to today, Jordan. We got a lot to get to. UFC 298. It's going to be great. I watched some of the uh, press conferences yesterday. Volkanovski coming out in the uh, the old man the gear old man. with the hat and everything and the glasses and Tapuria stealing the belt and all that kind of stuff. It should be a good one. But there's other things you want to start with before we get well, into I think everybody, look, obviously you and I see each other here at ESPN Chicago. We chat. Yeah. Uh, we gab a little bit. We gab. Tell some jokes. Talk about Fat Jack's picks. If you want or loss. Uh, but obviously people that listen to the show, that this is the only time that they get us together. Yeah. So I, I want to know, and I think the fans want to know, a little bit of an update of uh, Abdallah's Night Out. Because oh, Abdallah's Night Out was great. I was suspected you'd be able to make it past 930. No. And apparently, I mean, I know you. I can confirm that you were out well past then because you were posting on social, like yeah. well past into the wee hours. But then two nights in a row, apparently, that you've got, you went out over the weekend. Yeah, so Friday night we went out with the boys. Uh, some of the producers here, the voices you hear. On Black and Abdallah, if you uh, if you listen, I almost said if you're so inclined again, that would have been twice so in the podcast to say so inclined, which is weird because I never say that. Um, yeah, so if you hear voices on Black and Abdallah, you know Tyler, Shay, Charlie, uh, Jack, Jake, the young gun, the young gun, which you are now Kevin, like the older yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. You've defaulted now into yeah. being the, into the media Alexander Volkanovsky of the group. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, we went out Friday night. I was out till about 12.30 in the morning, which isn't that late, I guess, to be out. But, you know. Like, it is I, for you as the new dad that is. never has these moments out. It is. It is. Uh, and so that was fun with everybody. I did not go to the third location. So we went to a bar. We went to, went to Kincaid's. Then we went to Marquee Lounge. Uh, then they went to Taco Bell, and I went home because I didn't want oh, Taco Bell. Was I was hungry. I wasn't hungry. So I was just like, I'm going to get an Uber. I'm going to go home. So I just went home then. Um, fair. Didn't miss any drinking. Just meant missed just, eating. Yeah, just right? missed yeah. Yeah, your, then your cravings box. Saturday night, I went. Uh, That's it what been people a case care about. Yeah. We, we want to know about the, the Saturday, Saturday night, night out. My wife and I went Adulting. to see a comedian. Uh, and then at 9.30, we Which went to Which I said that at 9.30, you'd be in the Uber yeah. on your way home. So, but the good thing, two good things happened. One, I knew the comedian was going to be done before 9.30 because there was a second show that started at 9.15. 9.30 was the earliest reservation we could get at this restaurant. So, Chris and I have known each other for decades, right? We went to high school together, went to college. We, we ended up at the same college. We didn't go to college together. We ended up at the same college because um, I went to DePaul for a little bit. We've worked here forever. We live together. We have the same, essentially, one hive mind, right? So as soon as I got out of the, com- the comedian, the show at Zany's, I texted him, hey, it was like 8.45. I was like, hey, head into the restaurant. And he goes, so are we. And I'm like, that's, that's my guy. Awesome. That's so awesome. So we get in. Table's already ready. There's nobody there. So we sat right down at like 8.55, 9 o'clock. Okay. So we were already early, right? I think we were done by like 10.30. I was home by like 11. Here's the, the latest. Here, okay. Now, now here's the thing. 
I don't think in our conversation last week that I knew it was Black and Autumn that you Yeah, were it was Black there. and his wife Autumn that we were going I out thought with. you yeah. were meeting other friends. So no. I might have predicted that you would have stayed out having known it was Black. Oh, okay. Yeah, so as like opposed to, you know, we some made other these plans, friends. you know, like cuz uh, none of my family really lives like around here. My dad lives around here. My mom lives in Florida. Whitney's parents live in Indianapolis. So they want to come in and see the baby all the time, right? And so whenever they come in, we're like, they're like, hey, do you guys have anything going on? So we can come in that weekend and babysit so you guys can go out. So I was like, yeah, we've, we're going to see this comedian. Can you come in? And they was like, perfect. And then in the moment, I'm like, hey, do you guys want to go to dinner? And they were like, yeah, let's go to dinner. And like, we're making all these plans. We're thinking, this is just a precursor because like looking ahead in March, I have a night where I'm going to be out Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. Like I'm going three nights in a row. I got a concert, comedian, concert, all three nights. And only one of them is with my wife. Two of them are with other people that aren't my wife. And one, the comedian's the late show. Oh, like, okay. we're going to the and 10 o'clock. We've got sitters? We're going to the 10 o'clock sitters, show. At least for the one that at you're going out Friday. with? At least for Friday. Yeah, okay. at least for Friday night, we've got a sitter. Okay. Uh, but for the other ones, we're going to, uh, to see a comedian. And it's like the 10 o'clock show. And then on Sunday night, I'm going to a concert. That's one of those kick you in the face. Can't wait to see you Monday. Concerts, maybe. Yeah, can't wait because I didn't make it to Monday or Tuesday of this week because during the Super Bowl I started to throw up everything I'd ever eaten in the last month of my life. Food poisoning? I I don't know what it was. Well, it, it couldn't have been food poisoning from the restaurant because we ordered went to an Italian place and we ordered family style and no one else got sick. Yeah. And we all had the same thing. Like everybody ate everything that was on the table. So. It, could, it couldn't have been food poisoning, at least from the restaurant. Maybe I had something earlier in the day that got me. Like, we ordered bagels for, for like, myself and yeah. my in-laws. And, like, maybe my bagel. Maybe I, you should have went to Taco Bell. That would have evened that, that I, out. It might have. I don't know. But I haven't, I haven't been that sick in – I've only called in – now, I've called in sick more, but it's more because of my daughter than me. I've only called in sick – I've been working here as an intern and then hired since 2005 at ESPN 1000. I've only, that was the third time I've called in sick for myself. Like for my daughter, I've called in sick a couple times. I've been like, hey, I got to stay home until my wife gets home and then I'll be in later. It's, it's without a doubt Danny Zetterman, director of content. He knew something was off. Oh, if yeah. If you're calling in. Yeah, like I texted him. And I was like, well, because the first thing that goes in your mind is like, these guys aren't going to believe me. It's the Monday after the Super Bowl. Right. But like they know I'm not at a party. They know I'm not getting wasted watching the Super Bowl. I've got a one-year-old. Yeah. Like, I was out Friday and Saturday. I was fine on Sunday. Like, Chris saw me on Saturday. So he was like, it's not like he got super drunk on Friday and this is still hungover right. from Friday. He's like, I saw him Saturday. Yeah. He was fine. And we didn't get drunk on Saturday. No. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Saturday I had two drinks at the Comedian, two drink minimum at Zany's. And then I had two drinks at dinner. And that was it. But, like, halfway through the game, it was, like, right before halftime, I was like, did it get really cold in here? And my wife's like, absolutely, it did not. And, she's, and then she looked at me. She goes, why are you sweating? And I go, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, you're cold and you're burning up. Like fever, it, like close to 100. Yeah. The body aches. And then they went to overtime and I was like, damn you. Yeah. Just end this game. Like I had bets I was rooting for, but I'm like, just end this. I want to go to bed so bad. Then, they, of course, they go to almost the end of whatever the – 
first overtime or whatever they're right. calling it, and I'm just MF. I'm like, just win already. <laughs> just Patrick Mahomes, please end this game so I can, one, win my bet, and two, just go to bed. And then I think on Monday, I slept for like 23 hours. Oh, good for you. The only time I woke up was to throw I mean, I don't, up. And I'm not happy that no. it, it was a result of that, but good for you. The only it's time I woke long. up on Monday was to throw up. Okay. And like, I, t- I had to walk my daughter to school because my wife's like, I can't take off, so you have to, can you get out of bed to walk her to school? And I was like, oh, I think I can make it the three blocks. Yeah. And so I did, but like it was the slowest pace I've ever walked in my life. I dropped her off, and even the people that like when I drop her off at daycare were like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I was like, "I'm gonna." She's your problem now, <laughs> and I just passed out. And then my wife picked her up and everything, and I was like, "Are you guys okay?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I'm going back to bed." I didn't eat anything for almost 72 hours. Like, didn't eat anything. Like, it was bad. I've never been that sick before. Wow. In a lot, I haven't been that sick in at least a decade. Well, obviously, because you haven't called in sick for at least a decade, yeah, so been, something was obviously off. But the look. last two times I've called in sick to work, it was weird. It was on the same day, consecutive years. Wow! And I had the same. Th- it was like kind of like the same thing I just got. Yeah. But it was only one day because it was on like a Friday, and then I was sick Saturday. So like it did. It was only that Friday, but it was weird because it was like two days. I missed the company holiday party one year because of it, and I was like, obviously I'm sick. I'm not going to the holiday party. Like I'm not getting a free meal tonight. Right. I'm clearly sick. Like this isn't just me calling and sick. What a weekend for you! Oh, what, a, was, what a weekend for oh, you! It was, you know? It's been a rough. I'm ha- I, well, I'm, I'm, you know, you had both ends of the spectrum. I'm happy that Literally. you guys went out. <laughs> I'm happy that you and your wife went out. Yeah, that's good. And even furthermore, importantly, your first. Initial prop bet of the night. Yeah, hell yeah. Cash. We hit it. Cash. We did it. Cash I was, money. It was close, too. I'm like, you got to knock this guy out. I know. Like, you got to knock this guy out. And that's when I was still feeling well, like because it was Saturday. Yeah. And I'm watching. I'm like, all right, dude, you got to knock this guy. You got one for me. If we're not, because we lost the parlay on the first leg. Dead. And uh, it happened. I got creamed. It happened. Creamed. Listen, it happened. Yeah. So that's why we've got UFC 298. Exactly. And what, to get what, back. what a card. What, what, what oh, a card. Awesome. Top, top to bottom. The five fights that we're going to get to on the main card. But, I mean, listen. This this happened on Friday. We're recording this on Friday. We've got yeah. new. We've got news. Dog. We've got news. We've got news. We've dog, got the news. Which dog. is the craziest one of the craziest stories that the UFC has ever experienced in quite some time. At least when it comes to a, a fight, uh, a fighter being replaced. So I'm upset because we had a fight. Uh, Mar- Marcus Rogerio de Lima and Justin Taffa, heavyweights, supposed to fight on the uh, prelims. One of the featured prelims. I was going to release Justin Taffa via Fat Jack. He was going off as a plus 140 underdog. Yeah. He's coming off of four wins in a row, all by knockout, all in the first round, and he has ridiculous takedown defense. I think it's at 100%. If it's not, it's like at 98%. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he's not in there with like top-tier heavyweight grapplers, but the dude's been in the UFC for quite a while, and he's never been taken down. Yeah, And he was going against a guy in Marcos Rogerio de Lima that like needs to get on top of you, needs to get a takedown, take your back, or get on top of you, smother you. He's a really big heavyweight, but has also thrown up some brain farts inside the octagon. <laughs> He's the guy that got knocked out uh, the last time out by uh, the Black Beast, the flying uh, switch knee that uh, the Black Beast threw. So like, I was all in and Justin Taffa, momentum there. Taffa gets hurt at 9.36. Uh, the, the, the weigh-in started at 9 a.m. Local mm-hmm. time, 9.36 local time. Taffa's out. Lo and behold, his brother... Also UFC fighter, Junior Taffa, two fights in the UFC. He's one and one, one knockout, one loss. Uh, gets asked at like 10, 25. Love it. 
Hey, you want to fight? 10.36, 10.40 a.m. local time? Weighs in. He's in. Justin Taffa out. Junior Taffa in. Less than than 24 hours. Less than one day's notice. Uh, That's awesome. We get the fight saved, and we get a heavyweight banger in the prelims. The only only thing that would have been cooler is if Rogerio de Lima had to miss and Junior Taffa was fighting Justin Taffa. That would be the only thing that's cooler. Because then you're like, but now we got to fight. We're brothers. <laughs> now we got to Brother fight. versus brother. Now we got to fight each other. Yeah. No, because you were, you were going to pick the underdog at plus 140 there, and now uh, he's out. So He's out. I haven't seen the odds yet posted for uh, the, the makeup. Oh, I'm as- assuming Rogerio de Lima is a much bigger time favorite. He is minus 205 right now to Junior Taffa is plus 164. Yeah, I, I just don't like it. Junior Taffa, who knows what he was doing. He had a fight that he was preparing for uh, in late March. Uh, it's seriously a dramatic step up in competition. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a step up in competition for Justin Taffa. Junior Tough is the same type of fighter. Like, it's kill or be killed. He's going to come and start throwing bombs. But I don't know what this guy was doing yesterday. And now he's fighting against Rogerio de Lima. So uh, I'm probably going to stay away from this fight, even playing the under at one and a half. Mm-hmm. Likely not a, a good situation because de Lima, if he gets this fight to the ground, it, it, I don't believe Junior Taffa is getting back up. So we're going to stay away from this fight. You know, make the popcorn. Pour bourbon and it, popcorn and bourbon. That's I guess that's my, my sure, combination. Why not? Yeah. why not for this? I fight feel like I've heard Carmen it. DeFalco's uh, when he sips some bourbon before. Be like, there's, there's popcorn notes. There's. I don't have some, the popcorn notes. I just have the bowl of popcorn, popcorn that's sitting notes. next there's to some me. There's some aged leather. And I'm like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a liar. About. I hate that. <laughs> this is a grift. <laughs> you're just trying to get bourbon endorsements. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. So UFC 298. Um, we still don't have a UFC 300 headliner. Just throwing that out there. But Don't. we will. Dana White said. When? UFC 298 post-fight post, post fight press conference. He's announcing it. He's announcing it post-fight press it conference. Official. He made it official okay. earlier this week. It is not going to be Bilal Muhammad. Most likely. Most likely not. It is no. not going to be Bilal Muhammad. It is probably going to be Connor. I don't think so. You don't think it's going to be Connor? I think it's going to be Alex Pereira and Tom Aspinall. That <sighs> heavyweight. Interim heavyweight title. That's not. Okay. It's stupid. It is stupid. It's, it's bad when you're. 298 and 299 are better than 300. Like, there should have been some, hey, we're going to move some of these fights to 300. Sorry. Like, we're just doing it. Like, this the this main event could be the main event of UFC 300. You know, the only other one, God, I would, so mad, throwing out Brock Lesnar's name. <laughs> Brock Le- like, Brock Lesnar, Tom back, Aspinall. I guess. You know, but what's Brock Lesnar got left? He's got nothing. He, okay. Yeah. Then you're, it's just a name then. It's just a you're name. You're not doing anything. Right. Give me and good you're not fights. doing anything for like, Tom Aspinall. This main event is going to be a great fight. Just This should, Fantastic be, this should be UFC 300. Like, well, this should I mean, be look, UFC 300. You, you, do have the oppor- you do have the possibility of one of these guys Volkanovski said winning he's willing and then to like fight. quick turnaround. Yeah, he's willing to fight at UFC 300. You'll have what, eight weeks? Yeah. Eight and a half weeks? Yeah. To figure it out? So you could. Normally, um, we don't start with prelims, but I feel like Mackenzie Dern against Amanda Lamos is big enough to start yeah, with. Yeah, well, I think we, we have to spend a little bit of time on this fight because the, the line has completely flipped. I mean, Mackenzie Dern, uh, the, the line shift in this fight is is staggering. Uh, that, that There's a lot of money that came in on Mackenzie Dern when she took this fight on short notice. 
Uh, a lot of it has to do with also Amanda Lamos. She, she threw up a, an absolute goose egg, challenging for the championship against Wiley Zhang her last time out. Um, but she thumps, and she hits hard. And when you look at Mackenzie Dern and her last time out, it was a bludgering against Jessica Andrade, who has similar type of, of, of power uh, in her punches and, and, and striking that's going to you know provide an opportunity Plus, Mackenzie Dern is taking this fight on short notice. Mm-hmm. This fight was actually supposed to be Tatiana Suarez. So what does that mean to me? You know, Amanda uh, Ramos, who, who isn't a great you know, takedown defense artist, but she was preparing for a grappling exchange. She was preparing for a fighter that's looking to take her to the ground. And Mackenzie Dern is, is certainly needs to do that to win this fight. So I love the price on Ramos right now at $1.40. I think her preparing a full camp, her preparing for a grappler. She's going to have a decisive advantage on the feet in this fight. We could stuff her certainly into a parlay, but I'm comfortable at that price point at $1.40 just straight up. And I think actually it's going to be one of my recommendations at, at FatJackSports.com. I just don't see it being in a situation, even though there's a six- or seven-year age gap. Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, Lamos is 37 years of age. Mackenzie Dern, 31, or just about to turn 31. I don't like the matchup for her. I don't like the, the, the short-notice nature of it. Fantastic fight to, to headline the prelims, but I think yeah. Amanda is, is, the play, is, the play, is the fighter to invest in. All right, so we'll put that into the parlay. Let's get to our main card here for UFC 298. We'll start with Anthony Hernandez against Roman Kopilov. Kopilov plus 195, up to 198 right now on FanDuel as the underdog, and Anthony Hernandez minus 250 the favorite here fluffy horrible nickname i guess if you're trying to do the like like all his name is you know big al but he's actually small guy or his name is slim and he's actually a big guy like if that's how you want to go for it then it's fine uh (laughs) fluffy uh anthony hernandez has posted four straight wins since beginning his ufc run with a one and two mark i watched a little bit of uh roman kopilov a fight of his recently the the dude can hit yeah like the dude can absolutely hit he can kick well like this dude can hit. I, I'm not saying live dog. You're the expert here, but I don't know. Sty- well, styles make fights. You've yeah. got the kickboxer in, in, in Kapalov, you know, four fights in a row that he's won, all of them via finish. He's going to utilize and look to utilize body kicks. He's very strong out of the gates. Anthony Hernandez is a guy we talked about him actually last week on the show, uh, his submission of Hadafo Vieira, where he was able to weather that early storm from a grappling standpoint and utilize one of the best weapons that I say exists in mixed martial arts and certainly one of the best weapons that Fluffy Hernandez has, and that's his cardio. The guy mm-hmm. pushes an unbelievable pace for three rounds, and it's, the, and it's an interesting pace because he's always looking for unique ways to just grab a hold of you and take you down. And then like when he takes you down, he lets you back up just to take you down again. And there's a lot of, you know, obviously energy that's exerted from fighters when they're trying to get themselves back up and get it back to the feet. And Anthony Hernandez understands that and mm-hmm. then tries to do it again. He's certainly well-versed in submissions as well. We know that, as I just alluded to the fact that he had a submission over Hadafo Vieira. And if you're going to have to submit that dude, I mean, that dude's a, a, you know, a black belt hunter. And <laughs> Hernandez submitted him. So I'm not going to give you that I'm on the dog. I'm actually on Fluffy Hernandez. I think that he could avoid the striking, start to take over like he usually does into round two, 
into round three. I believe the better play is probably the over at one and a half, but the under at two and a half. I don't think we're going to see the judges' scorecards in this fight, so maybe it's it's the safe play. Fight doesn't go to decision because I think Anthony Hernandez can take over with a late finish, but I do believe there's going to be a feeling out process and there's going to be Anthony Hernandez avoiding, again, in a bigger cage. We're in Anaheim. We're not at the apex. So you got to remember that the guys that need spacing mm-hmm. might have the advantage. So that kind of favors a little bit of Kapilov. You know, uh, you know, Hernandez is going to want to get in there and get, and get those takedowns. But I just think very important fight in the middleweight division. Both guys on four-fight win streaks trying to get into the top ten. But I'm on the, the Hernandez side. All of right. Things. We'll put him into the parlay. We'll put Fluffy. We'll, we'll fluff our parlay a little bit uh, with him at minus 250. Uh, Hernandez by submission is 2 to 1. Hernandez by points is plus 310. Kapilov by knockout is plus 360. Hernandez by knockout is plus 400. Kapilov by points is plus 650. And Kapilov by submission is 26 to 1. That submission is not happening. No. <laughs> I could see. Perhaps if you want to have a little bit of a risk and you're on the Kapilov side is is on the decision. You know, maybe you see that, that Anthony Hernandez just doesn't able to get the grappling going. He mm-hmm. struggles. Uh, Kapilov is scoring. He's working the body. And I think that's what you have to pay attention to, specifically in round one. Uh, that's where the opening is going to exist. If Kapilov is looking to get his striking going and Anthony Hernandez is, is worried about uh, getting those takedowns. So I think... If you're seeing that early, maybe that's where Kapilov is going to have an advantage, win some rounds, and get to the judges' scorecards. But again, the dude is knocking people out. Yeah. He is finishing people, and he is a lethal, powerful striker, so that's hard to ignore. All right, our next fight, Marav Devashvili against Henry Cejudo. Cejudo, plus 185. This has gone up in the last couple days. He was around plus 155 uh, yesterday, now up to plus 185. And Devashvili is minus 235 on the money line. Devashvili has nine straight wins and a, a billion takedowns. Uh, Cejudo had a three-year retirement, and he ended it in May. Uh, and he came back to challenge Aljamain Sterling for the bantamweight title. And then he lost, uh, or he won, uh, beating Dominic Cruz at, two, at UFC 249. So this one should be a very good fight. The odds would say that Devashvili, the heavy favorite, minus 235. Well, well there's two reasons why that, that price on Cejudo is, is trending up. A, it's because of the retirement, as you just alluded to. He's retired twice. He's kind of picking and choosing his opponents now. He's getting, obviously, up there in age. The older you get, particularly in the bantamweight or these, these lower weight divisions, it's extremely hard for those, those older fighters to keep pace with the younger fighters. Also, there's the storyline now that he's not going to be having his head coach in his corner. There was a breakup that Cejudo said he just needed a different voice, uh, someone else in his corner to change things up. This is interesting, though, because Cejudo, as I just said, picking his opponents. It's a matchup that you know Cejudo could be comfortable with. It's a guy that's going to be doing the same skill set that Henry Cejudo utilized to become a champion and one of the best fighters that we've ever seen. A ridiculous grap- grappling background. You know, we're talking about an Olympic gold medalist and very good boxing. And uh, Mirab Divisvili, that's what he tries to do at a ferocious pace and an unbelievable pace. The reason why I like Mirab is because of what we just saw him do to Peter Yan. That was impressive. The ability just to take everything that Peter Yan brings to the octagon 
and get takedown after takedown, control after control. Plus the fact, too, Marab's best friend, his training partner, is Aljamain Sterling. Marab was the mirror of Henry Cejudo when Sterling was preparing to defend his, what was the Bantamweight Championship, against Henry Cejudo. So I think Marab is, is very comfortable with this matchup. This is going to be a stepping stone for him to challenging the winner of Sean O'Malley and Marlon Vera next month mm-hmm. for the Bantamweight title. I think Marab probably would have been fighting for the championship had a hand injury not prevented him from, from challenging O'Malley because, you know, there's a little bit of animosity, obviously, between those two. Mm-hmm. He wants to run it. He wants to get revenge for the knockout O'Malley had over Aljamain Sterling. So I think it's Marab all day. All the respect in the world to Henry uh, Cejudo, but I think this is just a bad matchup for him. But the pace that Marab is going to bring, the grappling that he's going to do, and look, the, the ever-evolving boxing that Marab shows. And oh, by the way, I've talked about it on the podcast with you before. I love the camp. I love the Sarah Longo camp. You know, Matt Sarah, Ray Longo, they've developed champion after champion. I think they've got a future one on their hands right now with Marab Divishvili, and I think he gets the win over Henry Cejudo. Parlay? Yes. All right, we'll stuff him into the parlay. Uh, there's, I think there's another guy coming up, too, we're going to add to the parlay. But method of victory here, Devashvili by points, minus 135. Cejudo by points, plus 370. Devashvili by knockout, plus 650. Cejudo by knockout, plus 650. And then the submissions are just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, the, the, the Marab has been tagged in fights before, and he just keeps coming after you. And I just don't think that Cejudo is going to carry the power or the striking that would make you worry about it. So I think if you don't believe, if it's too steep, stiff of a price, steep of a price, if you will, to, to get Marab, then do it on decision. I think he's just going to dominate control. Uh, Cejudo, four, three rounds. He can push a hard pace for three rounds. He doesn't have to worry about those fourth or fifth rounds. So I think certainly if you want value, it's Marab via decision. All right, we'll just stuff him into the parlay. Our next fight here, one of my favorite fighters to, uh, to watch, Ian Gary, Ian Machado Gary. Minus, is it up now? Is it two, Is he up to 245? Still 245. Minus 245 for him. He's undefeated, 13-0. Really all you need to know. Jeff Neal, the opponent here, is plus 195. Up from yesterday was plus 185 yesterday. Now it's up to plus 195, so money's still coming in on Ian Gary. This fight was supposed to happen back in August. Did not work out. Gary uh, then fought... Uh, uh, Neil Magny instead pushed his record to 13 and 0. He's undefeated. I feel like we're just I'm just going to put him into the parlay right now. So they're going to click that. He's yeah, I think he, I think look, I think he does win the fight. I mean, this guy he's has superstardom. So yeah. He's got superstardom written all over him. He's got unorthodox striking length for the division, very difficult guy to mirror in training camp. Um, I think that there have been some moments in his career where you know, he's been tagged. That's a difficult thing to think about if you're going up a guy with you know hands of stone and Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal gave Shafkat Rachmanov everything that that dude can handle. And mm-hmm. listen, if I haven't said it before, I'll say it again. Shafkat Rachmanov is the future UFC welterweight champion of the world. No disrespect to our boy Bilal. He'll probably be challenging Bilal for his championship because I believe Bilal will defeat Leon Edwards. Ooh. But Rachmanov is is at one point going to be the champion. Yeah. That guy is just a killer. And Neil was was giving him everything that he can. So Machado's gonna have to be careful in the pocket because Jeff Neal's got some s- ridiculous power for the welterweight division. But this is a fight that should showcase 
Machado Garay as a future contender in the welterweight division, a guy that should be challenging and fighting against the top five in the welterweight division. Give him a Kobe Covington. You know, give him, um, you know, some of the other top-tier guys at 170. I mean, just think about the 170 guys, but you can't have it be Bilal. You can't have it be uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, and you can't no. have it be Leon Edwards. So yeah. Who else is there at 170? I don't know. Um, but, look, the, yeah, he's he's a future star. And, look, he had the great quote of saying that, like, he's become too big of a star to, like, headline a card in Dublin. And I kind of agree with that. Like, he's 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 getting to that, you know, at least that Conor McGregor-esque popularity there yeah where it might be too much for him to do that well i think too when you if he wins if you're 14 and 0 at a certain point and you start moving your way up onto these cards i mean he's what third to the main event i'm surprised this fight is is above marab and henry cejudo I really am. I mean, Henry's the former champion. He's yeah. the two-divisional champion. But I or, could argue that this fight should be ahead of should Whitaker. Be after Whitaker Costa. I just don't. Neil's coming off a loss, though. That's the thing. Like, Neil's yeah. coming off a loss I to Rachmanov. So. Yeah, Costa hasn't fought in two years. Yes, and I don't know how much wine he's drinking. So we have to pay attention, <laughs> pay attention to that. <laughs> so your method of victory here, Ian Gary, by points plus 145, by knockout plus 320. Jeff Neal by knockout is plus 340. Neal by points plus 700. Ian Gary by submission plus 700. And Jeff Neal will not submit Ian Gary. I think the knockout. Plus three twenty. Plus three twenty. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Let's right. let's get juicy there. And look, I'm not trying to sway you because we still got to wait to hear your uh, you know prop of the night. Maybe that's it. Maybe I mean you're playing with house money right now after the uh, Gregory Rodriguez. What did that cash yeah. at plus two thirty? Plus two thirty. Yeah, yeah, Beautiful. yeah. And you had to get it when I said it too because I looked at it right before the fight went off and it was down to like plus one fifty or something. Wow. Yeah. Really? Because yeah. mm-hmm. Brent Tavares is not a guy to know, get knocked out. I know. I'm just hey, listen, I'm telling you. I'm getting good at this. So uh, <laughs> I think that, that that would be my recommend, recommendation. Small sprinkle okay. on Ian Gary at plus 320. All right, and we're going to put him into our parlay as well. I mm-hmm. mentioned our next fighter a little bit. Paulo Costa has not fought since the summer of 2022 uh, where he fought Luke Rockhold. He is plus 200 on the money line. Robert Whitaker is minus 250 to beat him. Uh, Robert Whitaker is 12 and... Two, those two are Israel Adesanya and Dreykus Duplessis. Yeah, though. not bad. So, Losing yeah. to the champs. Yeah, I was gonna say. So like, it's twelve and two, but it's like twelve and two belts, right? Yes. So well, and look, and I, I'm not sure yet. And we're gonna find out. I'm not. We're not sure yet what the last time that we saw Robert Whitaker is that is that the version of Whitaker now, the guy that was winning a fight and then just lost the fight to Dreykus Duplessis. And look, we know mm-hmm. how good Dreykus Duplessis is. He's the champ. He's the, he's the middleweight champion of the world. But Robert Whitaker, with his karate style, his in-and-out movement, one of the best that, that we've seen and, and has been in war after war. And at some point, even though he's only, I think, 32 years of age, you know, father time and, and father fight, that's hard to beat. They are undefeated, both of them. And at some point, the tires come off. Mm-hmm. And, and is that the point with Robert Whitaker? I'll tell you right now, I'm not putting him in the parlay. I don't want him in the parlay either. Yeah, I, because, for, the, for the reasons you just said, like you start losing, you might you fall off that cliff. Yeah. I was I was listening to another uh, you know handicapper that I very much respect, and, and his take was Bobby Knuckles better show up to this fight, okay? Because 
He's Robert Whitaker's known as the Reaper, and he's known as Bobby Knuckles. And Bobby Knuckles is a guy that bites down on that mouth, mouthpiece and goes after you and tries to kill you. And lately, he hasn't been Bobby Knuckles. Out, you know, forget the Dragas Duplessis fight, which he won, which he lost. But you know, the victories over Calvin Gastelum and the victory over Darren Till. You know, outpointing guys. You know, not the Marvin Vittori fight. Not just trying to be a killer and going and becoming the champion when he was in there with Yoel Romero two times and those fights and Jacare, like that's when he was a killer becoming the middleweight champion of the world paulo costa god what fighter is going to show up i mean the dude a is an adonis when you look at just he's still in shape he is a physical specimen yeah but is is this uh is this three or or five rounds this is three rounds three rounds okay so you don't have to worry about cardio you don't have to worry about the cardio the dude has ridiculous power mm-hmm. and very good striking when mm-hmm. he decides to throw. And look, he can go hard for three rounds. Yeah. He's got the cardio to, to certainly to certainly do that. Where's his mindset? Is He he showed up. He looked in shape at, at the weigh-ins. But he's had an, such an inconsistent career. The fight against Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold was one step out, and he couldn't finish Luke Rockhold in that fight and actually lost, I think, the third round mm-hmm. to a fight that was in Utah at altitude. This is a stay-away fight for me in picking okay. a winner. All right. The, the direction I like to go in this fight is the over at two and a half. I think that, that both guys probably going to be a little bit cautious. Both guys needing a victory. Both guys understanding there's a new champ. Paulo Costa with a victory over Robert Whitaker probably right back in the mix at 185 to, yeah. to challenge for the middleweight title. Is he ready to do that? He's still got time on his side. He hasn't been there in a lot of wars, but he's been pulling out of fights, agreeing to catch weight fights. I just don't know. So I think the six, and it's a good price. I think it's like a dollar sixty at over two and a half. Yeah, minus one fifty eight, okay. minus we'll, one fifty five. We'll yeah, we'll yeah. take that. I think that's the direction you go. All right, all right. I like it. I'm not even going to go through methods of victory because I like that bet. That's a good bet. Well, I think if you want a method of victory, if you want a prop, it's the it's Polo Costa knockout. Okay. Now, Costa by knockout is four to one. Okay, All I right. mean small sprinkle on that if you're okay. on the Costa side. Robert Whitaker has become long in the tooth. That's the mindset you have. It was like a jab that like put him out from Dragas Duplessis. You notice how I'm saying Dragas Duplessis? I'm not using the uh, initials just yeah, for you. I appreciate that. Okay, there's I'm, only one DDP. I understand that. So that. I just want to make sure I'm, okay. I'm referring to the middleweight champion of the world All by right. Dragas Duplessis. That's fair. So um, I think, yeah, if you need to play Paulo side, you, you go knockout, at, especially at 4-1. to one. All right. Our main event, and this is going to be a great one. These guys hate each other. At least Tupuria hates Volkanovsky. I don't think Volkanovsky cares about Tupuria. Like, He's just kind of having fun with I think, it. I think Tapuria just hates where he is. Like, yeah. Tapuria doesn't hate Volkanovsky. He's just trying to sell a fight. I think so, too. So you've got Ilya Tapuria against Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight title. Volkanovsky comes back down to featherweight, or back up to featherweight, whatever it is. Back down to featherweight. Back down to featherweight, where he is undefeated uh, in 14 fights. There's, or, sorry, in, uh, it, it's Tupuria is undefeated in 14 fights. But Volkanovsky is undefe- unbeaten in the 145-pound weight class. And Tupuria, plus 100, even money, on the money line. Volkanovsky, down to minus 120, was minus 130 yesterday. Down to minus 120. This should be great. This should be an awesome fight. 
This is where my prop is, my uh, the Abdallah prop of the night or whatever we're calling it is going to be on this Wait, on this flight. You're not even asking for my analysis. You're just throwing uh, it out. No, there. no, no. I'm not going to tell you where it is yet. I'm going to wait for your analysis okay. to to confirm what I think you're going to go with. But this should be an amazing fight. Uh, I'm going to try to find a way to watch it. It is a fantastic. <laughs> it is a fantastic fight. You know, it, this it, should be UFC 300. Like this, like if you like this. This is the one I've been telling you for months. That Volkanovski or Tapuria should be like, ah, my leg, ah, my hamstring, and then they fight at UFC 300. Still got time. You still, still, there's, there's still, there's still, there's still, there's there's still, still one time. day. There's still, there's, there's still time. There's still about 36 hours where they could get that done, yes. I, I talked about this. I actually threw this in uh, on my Instagram uh, yesterday. This is the cheapest price that Alexander Volkanovski at minus 145. Now it's minus 120. It's minus 120. And... Look, Ilya Teporia is twenty is is undefeated, fourteen and zero. He's twenty seven years of age. He's a Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt with knockout power. He's gone up in weight and showcased that power, knocking out Jay Herbert. He was the first guy to hand a loss to Bryce Mitchell. Said, "I don't care about what you're going to do on the ground. I'm going to piece you up in your feet, finish you." He did. Then he dominated and showed he could go hard for five rounds against Josh Emmett, a guy that's challenged for interim titles and been at the top of the you know, featherweight division uh, for, for quite some time. And people were saying, Alexander Volkanovsky, A, that he's getting old. You know, yes, he's 35. Um, and is it too soon of a turnaround by the head kick knockout that he suffered from Islam Makachev? Um, up in weight. And people are concerned about that, which is the reason why it's at the price that it is. That boggles my mind. The, look, we, we've talked about GOAT. We've talked about GOAT before, and it gets thrown out a lot. But Jose Aldo was considered the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Max Holloway was considered the GOAT. Mm-hmm. And that Volkanovski is 4-0 against those dudes. Yeah. 4-0 and against those dudes. Mm-hmm. And with all the respect in the world to Ilya Tapuria, that same... Record, I don't believe would exist if he went through the schedule that Alexander Volkanovsky has gone through, fighting the Brian Ortegas, the Yair Rodriguez's three times against Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. Elio Tapuri has just not proven to me yet that he can do that. Here's his opportunity. Alexander Volkanovsky still looks great, looked fantastic on the weigh-ins, and he is such a cerebral and smart fighter that he's going to be able to get better as the fight progresses. The only avenue I see for Ilya Tapuria to win this fight is to knock him out in the first round or land something so devastating that unlike other fighters that fight Alexander Volkanovsky at the 145-pound division are chasing him. And Alexander Volkanovsky is forced to chase Ilya Tapuria. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think that Alexander Volkanovsky has seen everything that Ilya Teporia is going to bring to the octagon, albeit that there's news stories going out there. there. He's been training really hard. He's on his own. Teporia is, and no one knows what he's evolving. Alexander Volkanovsky is one of the best fighters of all time, and everybody's just sour because he's he took a fight on short notice and got head kicked by now considered to be the best pound-for-pound fighter that we have, or the second, maybe John Jones is still one. Yeah. So I'm on Alexander Volkanovsky all day, okay. and I think we're going to see a typical, prototypical Val, uh, Volkanovsky fight, which is why I also like the over three and a half. All right. I am not going to uh, put him in the parlay just because of the short odds, and you never know. So you think this goes the distance? 
I think we're going into the championship. It's a three. It's three and a half. Okay. So I'll say it's going into the championship rounds. All right. All right. Let's see. Total rounds three and a half minus one twenty eight. Okay, that's not bad. I like that. Uh, so he is minus one twenty on the money line. That's the official pick, right? That's your official pick. Uh, Volkanovski by points plus two fifty. Volkanovski by knockout plus two eighty. Ilya Tapuria by knockout plus three sixty. Tapuria by submission plus five hundred. Tapuria by points plus five hundred. Volkanovski seventeen to one to submit Ilya Tapuria. The Abdallah prop is going to be Volkanovski by knockout at wow. plus two eighty. Wow, really? Volkanovski by knockout. Wow, okay. He comes back with a vengeance and reminds everyone. Hi, Danny. Reminds everyone why he is like you said and the still. goat and still. At 145, at featherweight, why he's undefeated, why he's got the best record, why he's, this isn't college football or basketball, but strength of record has got to be something, right? Um, Why he's the best. I think he wins this fight. Plus, we're playing with house money anyway, so, uh, (laughs) from last week. So, I like Volk by knockout is my prop for the night. I mean, look, that's interesting, too, because as I alluded to that, that jump up in weight, Ilya Tapuria was dropped in that first round against Jay Herbert at lightweight. Uh, I don't believe he was dropped, and he wouldn't have been dropped against Bryce Mitchell, and I don't believe he was dropped in Josh Allen because there was like 250-42 scores. But he's been dropped. Mm-hmm. And so there's been questions about his 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 defense. And Volkanovsky, just just how he learns in a fight and what he's able to utilize. Plus the fact, too, like Tapuri's going to have to use his hands because if Brian Ortega couldn't submit Alexander Volkanovsky... I don't believe Ilya Tapuri has any chance to do that. No. So I, I hear you, but I'm just safeguarding myself. He's going to win the fight. Yeah, listen, I'm, like, I'm playing money line regardless. But I think that he can either gets, either tag him with something or get him to the ground and get a knockout somehow. I think that he is going to knock him out. So I'm going to sprinkle for the prop. Let's say because it's uh, what did I say it was? It's plus uh, two eighty. Half a you will do half a unit. Uh, whatever your units are, I don't unit shame. Uh, so whatever your units are, half it's a hundred dollars. Okay, well for some it's not, but that's what I, that, I mean. Okay, that's what mine are, and that's so for okay. people that are listening. That when FatJackSports.com and I release my selections, I'm recommending a uh, hundred hours on okay. every play. All right, my uh, phrasing, my unit's a little smaller than that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to go half a unit on on Volk by knockout, but I do like him on the money line as well. So I'll be playing a full one <laughs> on, on the money line there. So the other picks for UFC 298, starting with the final fight of the prelims. Uh, Amanda Lemos, minus 145 on the money line. She is also in our parlay. Uh, Hernandez over one and a half at minus 150. Uh, Ian Gary by knockout, a sprinkle there at plus 320. Costa over two and a half at minus 155. And of course, Volkanovski on the money line at minus 120. Our parlay is going to be Amanda Lemos, Anthony Hernandez, Marav Devashvili, and Ian Gary. Those four fights play pay Plus three seventy six. Okay, I like that. That's good. I like that. Anything else you want to uh, go over here? I think. Look, the first the first fight of the night: Miranda Maverick, Andrea Lee, two people that two women have trained together. Maverick, several years younger. The takedowns will be there. I think she avoids the feet and just controls and, and gets off to a, a quick decision victory. So a small sprinkle on Miranda Maverick to open up the card. All right, sounds good. This was a long one. 
But it's a good fight. It's well, you have to talk about your night. Well, yeah, that too. But I'm saying this is know. a good. This is a good. Listen, but next that's week, the appropriate look at UFC 298. Yeah, next week's uh, whatever. Oh, I don't even know what look whatever BS they're throwing out at us next week. Oh is no, no, not no, no, be, no, 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 no. Next week, it's look Hold at on. that. Next week, I gotta see. Hold Morena, on. Moreno versus Roy Val. Yair Rodriguez Ortega. Okay, fine. Raul Ross, Rosas Jr. is back. That's good. But that's about it. That's good. Think anything else? That's decent. That's about it. That's decent. It's very top heavy. Yeah. Very top heavy. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the March 2nd, not great. I'll tell you that. Rosen oh, no. Rosen Strike versus. Yeah, like that's. that's Your main be a, event fighter doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, that's going to be a five minute podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a tweet. Yeah, we'll talk about Umar Nurmagomedov. Yeah, this podcast could have been an email. No, that, be that, 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 that will be the entire dedication of the podcast. The fact that they had to sign somebody. To fight Umar Nurmagomedov. That is, no yeah. one wants to fight that dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's and true. And Danger Snell's on the card. I love that guy. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about that one a little bit. But this has been the Unnamed MMA Podcast. You can follow Jordan on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Get all of his picks. FatJackSports.com. I mean, we got college basketball. We got the NBA. The tournament is going to be, it's less than a month away. Yeah. Like until we're filling out brackets and stuff. That's but your team's not Bama, right? Not in basketball. Oh, yeah, it is. In basketball, too? I actually have a family connection to the coach, to Nate Oates. Oh, Nate Oates, okay. Yeah. So, I was going to say, is it Anthony Grant? But it was no, Nate, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's Nate Oates. Nate yeah, Oates, he okay. used to coach. My family, my mom's side of the family is from Michigan, and he used to coach at the high school where my cousin works. Okay. So he, my cousin knows uh, Nate Oates. So I actually have a closer connection to that to the basketball <laughs> team. I actually have a familial connection to the fa- to the basketball team than yeah. I do the football team. So I do like them. Uh, they've been playing better. But yeah, so, all right. Get all your picks at FatJackSports.com. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And uh, we'll be back next week to preview a great UFC fight night here on the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Thanks for listening.